right, what is going on, everybody? I appreciate you joining me for another episode of the Penn State Quick Slants. As always, I am your host, Stephen. Um, I appreciate all the support that you guys have given me over the last month or so. The feedback week in and week out, it kind of just keeps the ball rolling with this thing. So keep it coming, keep it going. Um, and I appreciate you guys as always. So thank you for that. You guys know the drill. I am one half of the We Got Next podcast duo between myself and Christian Hayes. Shout out to Christian. Go follow us on Twitter. You guys know the drill there as well. I am at Stephen underscore Springs. Christian is at AO Shifty. Go follow the We Got Next podcast as well. It is at we underscore got next. Go like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Spotify. We have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, Penn State got the W over Villanova 38-17. Villanova unfortunately did cover the spread, but Penn State got the W. Want to know this week? The Indiana on Saturday night, 7:30 ABC, another primetime game, another chance for the nation to see how great Penn State really is. I think it's a revenge game. James Franklin obviously says otherwise. We'll talk about that. Talk about some more of the uh, the key takeaways from Villanova, kind of what we want to see going forward. We'll get you covered on everything Penn State football related. Before we do that, I want to talk about the upcoming games in the world of college football starting tomorrow night. Um, 8 o'clock on FS1, we have number 5 Iowa traveling to College Park to take on Maryland. This is a much better Maryland team than we are used to seeing. Uh, Talia Tagabailoa. Probably didn't say that right, but no one really does. Um, he's having a great season. And this, like I said, this is a much better Maryland team than we're used to seeing. And Iowa looked a little sloppy last week against Colorado State. So this is a big test for them. This is a big measuring stick for Maryland to see kind of where they're at in the Big Ten. I don't think they're quite in that top tier, but this is one of those steps that they can take to say, hey, look, you know, sure, we were down for a little bit, but you know, we have things moving in the right direction. So that's going to be a good game as well. Flip the script to Saturday. After you're done watching College Game Day on the ESPN, stay there. You have number eight, Arkansas, traveling to Athens to take on Georgia. Um, Arkansas got that big win against Texas A&M last week. They vaulted up in the rankings, much deserved. So that's going to be a good game as well in the SEC. Flip over to Fox while you're watching commercials on that game. You had number 14 in Michigan traveling to Camp Randall to take on Wisconsin. Wisconsin got the break speed off from last week by Notre Dame, so they need a win desperately. Penn State fans should be rooting for Wisconsin to beat Michigan, obviously. We would root for that you know, anyway, but just because it will make the Penn State victory over Wisconsin look a lot better if Wisconsin can come back and, and beat Michigan and kind of knock them off. Speaking of Notre Dame, 2.30 on NBC, Notre Dame will host number seven Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati is the highest ranked group of five team out there. This is their first test of the season. That should be a great game. 3.30, CBS, number 12, Ole Miss, takes on number one, Alabama. Nick Saban, I believe, is either 20-0 or 23-0 against former assistants. If any assistant is going to beat him, it's going to be Lane Kiffin. Do I think it's going to happen this weekend? No, but... With the way college football has gone this season, anything is possible. 3.30 as well on ABC. Number three, Oregon travels to Stanford. Early game for everybody. That's a great Pac-12 matchup. It's a great West Coast game. Glad to see that that's in the 3.30 time slot. Number six, Oklahoma, after their very sloppy win against West Virginia last weekend, travels to Manhattan, Kansas to take on Kansas State. That's 3.30 on Fox. And wrapping up the 3.30 slot is number 11, Ohio State, traveling to Piscataway to take on Rutgers. Ohio State keeps winning, but they keep following the rankings. Love to see that. 
You have number 10 in Florida traveling to Kentucky to take on the Wildcats. That's at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Obviously, Penn State has 7.30 ABC against Indiana. Another game that Big Ten or that Penn State fans should be watching is number 22 Auburn traveling to Death Valley to take on LSU 9 o'clock on ESPN. Let's go Tigers. Um, Auburn Tigers, that is. Um, so, Penn State got the W, like I said, 38-17 over Villanova. Um, look, Villanova's a good team. If you watch them the rest of the way, they're going to they're gonna do their thing, and I expect them to really only have one loss this season. They are a really good football team, and I know they're a really good football team in the FCS, but they came to play. And I don't know if it's just the noon game, still riding that high from the Auburn game. It's like, okay, we got Villanova come to town. Eh. That's sometimes during the game, that's kind of what I thought. It was like, eh. You know, there, there wasn't really a sense of urgency. Maybe they were looking ahead to, to Indiana. It, it just seemed like at times we couldn't get things going. We had the big plays. Penn State had 509 yards of total offense. They had 302 yards on about six plays. And that's, I mean, that's awesome. Like, I'm not going to complain about how the ball got into the end zone. I'm not going to complain about the big plays we had. I'm not going to complain about any of that. I think I just wanted to see the ball, you know, just drive, you know, get some drives going, just move the ball some, get the running game going. They couldn't do that again. Um, you know, it, it just it just seemed like things were sputtering at times. But those those big plays really, really helped us out. And, uh, you know, a, a handful of them were catch and run opportunities for Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith. Theo Johnson got involved in there. So it was really good to finally see a bunch of those explosive plays. You know, we might have one or two per game, but to have that many and for most of them to result in touchdowns or set up a score, that was awesome to see as well. Sean Clifford, 19-26, 401 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. The interceptions that he has thrown this year, the first one against Auburn, that was basically a punt. I've said that before. You know, nothing came of that, minus just a kneel down for Auburn at the end of the first half. Last week against Villanova, the interception he threw in and out of the hands of Keandre Lambert-Smith. So it wasn't his fault. He's not making bad throws. If he is, he's throwing them out of bounds or he's throwing them away from the receivers so the DB or whoever the defender is doesn't have a chance to make a break on the ball. So Clifford is keeping that percentage up, that completion percentage up in the 70s, low 70s. Great to see. I believe he was the first Penn State quarterback to have over 400 yards passing with four touchdowns. So he's keeping the ball rolling on that one as well. Um, we got pretty much every available receiver and tight end involved. We have six weapons at those two positions combined. We obviously have the three receivers, Jahan Dotson, Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert-Smith. They can all make plays you know, down the field, catching runs. It's it, they, But they're all different receivers, and we all use them kind of in different ways. But they all do the same thing and just get the ball and go. Their tight ends, all different tight ends. Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren. We got them all involved. Tyler Warren again, another touchdown run, kind of just bowled right over the, the Philadelphia linebacker. Um, like I said, they're all different. They're all different playmakers, but they all make plays. And that's very cliche. That's a very duh thing to say, but that's what you need. And we have weapons out of the backfield. We just need to get those guys going. And I'm not going to harp on the run game. You know, everyone knows how I feel about that. The one thing I, I will say, having watched the game a couple times, was the holes are there. They just close up so quickly for, for some reason. I don't know if it's just the running backs just are, are, are hesitant getting there 
or the linebackers or safety or whoever is just closing closing those holes so quickly that we just don't have a chance to get there and get to the next level. Now, there has been times when we do get to the next level, you see what we can do. You see the 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 burst that John Lovett has. You see the power and everything that that um, that Noah Kane has, that Kevon Lee has. You see it there. We just need to get more opportunities for those guys to show what they can do and make those plays. And late in games, you're going to need that. You're going to need those guys to hold on to the ball. That's been another thing. They haven't lost the fumbles yet, but they, they, they have put the ball on the turf. Okay, and you, you, they've recovered them, which is great, but you just don't want to see that, you know, regardless. Um, you know, late in games, you, you have the lead. You want to keep that lead. You want to keep your offense on the field. You want to run the clock. That's something that we haven't been able to do in the past. That's something that Penn State has really struggled to do, even though we've had really good running backs under James Franklin, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders. But we just didn't have the offensive line to open up holes for those guys and keep our offense on the field. We have that now. We have both of those things. We have a great offensive line, and we have great stable of running backs. We need to be able to use them and use them effectively to win the games. Okay, We can't rely on Sean Clifford you know, dropping back and, and, you know, QB draw or something like that. You know, we can't, we can't rely on that. A, we don't have a a backup behind Clifford that we can rely on to come in the game and, and, you know, keep things rolling. Okay. And I just don't want to see that happen with Clifford. I don't want to see him run the ball unless, unless he has to, which speaking of that, Clifford did make two really good plays on the run. And James Franklin has noted this before. And Mike Yersich has has mentioned as well. Clifford's really been awesome about keeping his eyes downfield there's two plays the first one was in the first half he was rolling out to the Penn State sideline and the DB I think left Theo Johnson and Clifford eyes downfield got to the line of scrimmage almost went past it but got his arm back dumped it off to Johnson got about 25 yards on the play we'll catch and run um Johnson did most of that damage by himself the other play resulted in 83 yard touchdown pass or catch and run I guess it would be to to Keandre Lambert Smith um, Clifford rolling out to the Villanova bench. It looked like he was about to tuck and run. Lambert Smith actually fell down on the route, got up. The DB left him, was going after Clifford. Again, eyes downfield. Clifford found him. Lambert Smith was backpedaling a little bit. I thought he might have had a foot out of bounds, caught it, ran. I mean, assuming they reviewed it and realized it wasn't. Catch and run, 83-yard touchdown pass later. You know, good for him. I didn't know that, that was Keandre Lambert Smith's first touchdown as a, as a Penn State receiver. So good for him on that one. There was a lot of catch and runs, though. Parker Washington had a great game. Five catches, 148 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he had been a, maybe a little quiet. You know, he gets those those crossing routes every now and then, um, but he really kind of showed his catch and run ability and kind of breakaway speed that I think people knew he had him, but we just hadn't seen it in a while. So that was good to see. Offensive line, I mentioned they're, they're playing really well. James Franklin said they're playing good. Um, I credit Villanova because they came with a lot of delayed blitzes, some stunts on the defensive line. Might have caused a little bit of confusion amongst Penn State's offensive line. So um, I think, you know, that might have played a little bit of factor in Sean Clifford having to move around the pocket a little bit. He got he did get sacked three times. You don't like to see that, especially after not getting sacked at all against Auburn. Um, getting sacked against a team like Villanova, um, you know, a little sloppy, but... When he did have a clean pocket, when there was just a, a normal you know, three, four-man rush with normal blitzes and everything was picked up. By the way, John Levitt had a couple couple blitz picks up, pickups that allowed Clifford to extend the play. And I think he found Jahan Dotson down the sideline once. 
and found uh, Parker Washington for a touchdown. So um, credit John Lovett for those blitz pickups. Um, but like I said, when the pocket was clean and Sean Clifford had time, he was able to find guys, make good passes, make good decisions, you know, get out of the pocket, eyes downfield, um, and make the good throw. So I think overall, offensively, we did good. Um, you know, y- yards would indicate we did great. I think it was just some, some sputtering at times. And that needs to get cleaned up, especially now that we're heading into heading into Big Ten play. But it's good to see we're getting all of our weapons involved. And teams are going to try and take away Jahan Dotson. Fine. We have Parker Washington. Teams are going to try and take away Parker Washington and maybe take away Jahan Dotson at the same time. Cool. We have Keandre Lambert-Smith. James Franklin said he wants to get him more involved. That's fine. Get him involved. He can catch and run. Oh, you want to take, take away the receivers? Fine. We got Theo Johnson. We got Brenton Strange. We got Tyler Warren. Oh, yeah. And we have three running backs who can also make plays. So once this offense really starts to get going and really starts to to kind of put their stamp on the game, man, we're gonna be looking at a lot of five hundred yard five hundred yard offenses. And it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see. Um so hopefully we can we can kind of keep the ball rolling with that against Indiana. Defensively, haven't gotten there yet. Defense held Villanova to 106 yards and three points through three quarters. And then the backups came in, and then the other backups came in. And then things kind of, you know, looked a little bit more respectable for, for Villanova. Uh, but our first team defense was locking them down. I think Villanova at one point had about 48 yards, and that was just kind of on one on one drive that resulted in a field goal. Um, but the defense was swarming. Still, like, the sacks aren't there, which is... It's frustrating because James Franklin mentioned after the game, those are... You know, those are drive killers and you know to, to not get those to not have sacks to not have the sacks that we used to have you know that's i'm not gonna say it's a problem but it's definitely something that you want to see more of i mean they had they had three sacks and that's just it, it's good but you just you just want to see more of it so i think that's something that i know they're probably going to harp on we we get there and we pressure the quarterback. I'd love to see how many quarterback pressures we have. We get there, just getting them down is has been has been the issue. And again, those are absolute momentum killers. And speaking of momentum killers, pick sixes. I don't know how many we're gonna drop this season, but it, we're gonna set a record because we drop one, it seems like every game. Brandon Smith had the most egregious drop last week against Auburn. And I think it was Johnny Dixon had one last week against Villanova. That was right in the breadbasket. Again, that's what they always say. That's, that's why they play defense. Um, but we need to capitalize on those. Plain and simple. If you're going to win games and you're going to kind of put your team in a better position to not have to maybe play from behind or you can play with a big lead or whatever, you got to convert on those type of plays. And they, they know that, obviously. But it's just something that as Big Ten play gets going and as we start to play better and better teams – and there's going to be, you know, the margin for error or the separation is going to be very minimal. And those types of plays are going to be absolute game changers along with those sacks. So love to see a little bit more of the sacks. Obviously, the pick sixes, you know, love to see more of those. Can't always predict that those are going to come. But the sacks, you can kind of uh, have a little bit more hand in with those. Um, but overall, I think this was this was a great game. The, the numbers were there. Uh, Clifford again not making the intercept the the bad throws he obviously you know one interception but it wasn't wasn't his fault but Clifford not making the bad throws he's really you know he looks a lot more confident his body language is there um it, it just looks 
looks more, I don't want to say competent because he didn't, it's not like he looked terrible the last two seasons, but he just looks a lot more confident. His eyes are scanning the field. He's just looking more like a true quarterback and you're just really happy for him. You love to see it. So we'll hope, hopefully we can carry that into Indiana. Speaking of which, um, this is a revenge game. No matter how James Franklin doesn't want to talk about it or how he wants to say 1-0, Indiana, 2021, the only thing from 2020 is watching the game film and watching what worked, what didn't work. I get it, okay, guys? I understand that's how you're supposed to do it. You can't look at one opponent different than the other opponent. And I, I respect it, but this game in particular is a revenge game. All the guys who were on the field last year when it ended and to, to know how that game ended or how it shouldn't have ended and that we we really shouldn't have put ourselves in that position. But nonetheless, the way it ended, the way it shouldn't have ended, people in Bloomington think he was in, people in State College think he was short. It doesn't matter now, obviously, but just the way that game ended and kind of how the two seasons went for both teams. Penn State started off 0-5, obviously won the you know, last four games, but just the I know damn well, and everybody else, you know, Penn State fans know, if James Franklin gets the chance on Saturday night to run up that score, there is no way in hell he is not going to do that. I promise you. He'll call, if we have the ball on the one-yard line and there's one second left in the game and we're up by four scores, let's say, He's calling a timeout, and he will and he will drop a play, or Yersich will drop a play and put that ball in the end zone, guarantee it. And I cannot wait till that type of thing happens. I think there's just there's so much emotion with this game, so much emotion with the season, with the way this team is playing, with how good we're playing. Um, Indiana is not what people thought they were going to be. Michael Penix Jr. is having a terrible season. By standards of you know that people set for him, look, Indiana, it, like, I feel like they they're getting they got way too much love in the off season. I think they were ranked in the top fifteen before the season started. Indiana is vastly overrated, right? Just because they had a good season last year, Tom Allen's getting a lot of a lot of love, and I get it. The revival of Indiana, the Hoosiers, whatever. No, okay, it's that's that's all BS. Um, and Michael Penix Jr., look, he's a good quarterback, right? But he's not like he's not setting the world on fire. And he's not Lamar Jackson there. He's not doing things like that. Like he's not doing things that we've never seen before. He's at he's at fifty-eight percent completion percentage this year. He's got four touchdowns, six picks. He's just having a terrible season, and the Indiana's not having a great season at all. They got blown out by Iowa. You know, like it's just Indiana's not what people wanted them to be this year. I think they wanted to feel a good story with Indiana. They're not getting it. And they're not going to get it Saturday night. Okay. I think Penn State run, runs away with it. I'm calling, look, my predictions have been somewhat close this year. I'm looking at my board right now. I said 38 to 10, Penn State over Wisconsin. Obviously, that was a little different. I got the 10 right. I said 45 to 9 over Ball State. It was 44-13. I said 31-23 over Auburn. It was 28 to, 28 to 20. I said 52-3 over Villanova. It was heading in that direction before the backups came in. And I'm saying 42-14 to over Indiana. Um, I think this offense just gains more and more confidence. 
And just as the season goes on and as games go on, this team just gains more and more steam, more and more momentum. And I think once they hit that stride, we're going to take off. And I'm very excited about that. Um, So I think Penn State runs away with it. I think this team, especially at home, another night game, there's not obviously as much hype as there was around the Auburn game. But shit, like it's another night game. Who the hell doesn't want to play at night? It's a stripe out. You know, I don't. And again, there's not going to be as much juice for this game. I think there's going to be juice within the locker room. I think Penn State fans know, you know, why that this team is going to have a lot of energy coming out on Saturday night. I think Penn State fans are going to have a lot of energy because we all hate Indiana because of how last season, um, how, how the game last season ended. I dislike Indiana. Great city. Bloomington's a great college town. Terrible football though. So I think Penn State runs away with it. I think we have a big game from Clifford. I think the running game probably still struggles. I'm not, you know, until until you see it. And we had, you know, we had over 200 yards against Ball State, but I'm, I'm not putting stock in that one. Um, we had, again, 80 yards on the ground against Villanova. We didn't need it, really, because we had those those big-time plays and the game was well in hand, and we didn't have a lot of, a lot of rushes until really late in the game. So um, until I see it, until I see it consistently, you know, it's I'm not gonna put put too much stock into it. I did want to give a special shout out to though, though to my wife. Her 30th birthday is on Sunday. Um, if you guys know my wife, you know how hard she works. She's the most dedicated person that I know. She's she's the best mom that I know. Um, she's she keeps us going. She keeps the the family running. She keeps the kids going. I try my best, but. Wouldn't be anywhere without her. So I want to give a special shout out to my wife. If anybody follows her, has her number, whatever, text her on Sunday. It's her 30th. Um, you know, 30 is kind of a strange number for people, I guess. I'm okay with turning 30 next March. But if you have my wife's number, follow her on social media, on Instagram. Give her a shout out. Tell her tell her happy birthday. Tell her what's up. Tell her you love her. Um, I know I do. So special shout out to my wife um, for, for that. Um, real quick though, going back to the schedule this weekend, um, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, obviously, but Penn State, if we take care of business Saturday night, which I think we will, we have a great chance of being, well, I shouldn't say great chance. We have a chance of being number one come Sunday afternoon. Arkansas, like I said, goes to Georgia. Um, Oregon has to go to Stanford and Ole Miss plays Alabama. Again, is it going to happen? Chances are not likely. Alabama and Georgia are the two clear-cut best teams in the country, I think, by far. Oregon, you know, we know what they've done early in the season. Stanford, tricky team, blew away USC, but USC is now in a you know, tailspin. So um, I would love to see it, obviously. I would love to see at least one of those teams lose and us keep moving up. It'd be great. But... Um, I don't see having, but fingers crossed for all those games. And all those games lead up to the Penn State game at 7.30. So Penn State gets a W, 42-14 over Indiana. Um, again, go follow us on Twitter for the Week on Next podcast, at we underscore got next. Go follow me on Twitter, at Stephen underscore Springs. Go follow my co-host, Christian Hayes, at AO Shifty. I appreciate all the support, as always. You guys are... You guys never fail to give me some great feedback. I understand what you guys want to listen to. I understand what you guys want to listen to less of. 
You guys are great. I know my audience. Shout out to my boys. Shout out to the squad. Love you guys. And remember, as always, we are.